probably maybe most relatable to any audience is I think as clinicians, we get really focused on becoming good at our craft. You know, like we take all the courses and the continuing ed and I have all these different techniques and tools in our belt. But I think the thing that is so impactful that often gets overlooked are really working at refining the soft skills. So, you know, gaining agreement with your patients, being a good listener. So the things that are, you know, yeah, you're not going to go take a course per se on them, but I think are, are so impactful at getting the results from the patients that you're looking for. Yeah. If, you know, you're so great at your manual techniques and, you know, you know, you can get results, but you're a terrible communicator, that bridge is not going to connect you to getting the results that you know that you can get. If you've ever asked yourself, how can I get better clinical outcomes for my patients? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Rehab Links Secrets to Success podcast, where I will be interviewing experts and teaching you how to access the best technologies, strategies, resources, and solutions so you can get the best outcomes that your patients deserve. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Rehab Links Secrets to Success podcast. I'm Lisa Chase, your host, and today I am um, I have a wonderful guest, Nicole Walzak. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I we've talked about this for quite a while, and I'm very excited to have your perspective and for you to share with our audience. So. Um, I'm going to have you share a little bit about you, but um, I want to tell our audiences how you and I met. So Nicole is a an amazing business coach with a company called Meg Business that I hired several years ago. I have, a, um, as many listeners may know, I have a private cash-based practice, and but I was really struggling with processes and structures and stat sheets and metrics and all these things that are you know, beyond just taking care of our patients that are so important to running a successful practice and ultimately setting an environment where we can get great outcomes for our patients. And so I've been working with Nicole for several years and she has helped me in so many ways. So I'm excited to have her share her insights and how, you know, she's been working with private practices around the country. And um, yeah, so I want her to kind of share uh, a little bit about, so, you know, give us some, you know, information about your background, sure. kind of where you came from and where you're and what you're doing today. So I started out my journey as a physical therapist and worked the majority of my career um, in the clinic setting. So in the outpatient ortho setting. Um, and I, you know, had, I, I married my, I guess, college sweetheart who was supposed to be a PT, uh, <laughs> but decided to do a little bait and switch and, and became an orthopedic surgeon after we graduated. So okay. long short, it took me on a little winding path, which I thought, you know, I was, I would be a PT in the clinic forever. Um, but thankfully it, it's kind of brought me to where I am today. And um, throughout the course of working in these clinics, I happened to meet Brian Gallagher, who is the founder of MAG. Um, and at the time, this is like back in 2011, I was working at a in a clinic in um, Michigan. 
Mm-hmm. And he came in and consulted us. Uh, and I got to see all the training kind of firsthand if I applied it, the, the, the stats and all those processes and everything got better. So I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a believer in this. So years later, um, he was looking to uh, bring someone on who would help develop a um, training platform that was not limited to him, you know, flying all over the country and um, sharing the consulting advice uh, that it would kind of uh, be able to be evolved and change and grow year over year and be more accessible to more people. So um, in 2016, I joined Meg Business Management. And at the time, I worked pretty solely in what we call Meg Academy. Um, And that's one of the divisions of Meg. Uh, It's our education division. And so essentially I helped build the virtual training curriculum and that's how you and I met Lisa uh, throughout the coaching of, 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 you know, uh, interactions with that. Um, And uh, essentially what we do is help kind of bridge the gap from when you graduate physical therapy school to when you become an owner, because as you know, in school, you you don't spend a lot of time training on those things. So, so that's, you know, a big part of, of what I do at Meg, uh, among other things. So, yes. And, um, and so I think, and since then, it's probably been since COVID, yeah. you guys have also developed a virtual front desk. So yeah. tell us a little bit about, you know, about that and how that's integrating into practices. Yes. So it's actually, I believe three years ago at PPS or like right around PPS time, I was like, oh man, we need to come up with some different solutions because people are struggling. I mean, it was like in the midst of the pandemic, you couldn't have people in your waiting room. And, you know, it was, it was just a, a mess for, I'm sure a lot of your listeners and, and, you know, a lot of our owners, because we work with probably, I think over 200 owners now throughout the country struggled during this time. So I knew we had to come up with a solution to kind of solve that long-term Um, So the virtual front desk was just an idea I had uh, to allow owners to outsource their entire front desk operations to us, uh, Meg, who have been training on this stuff for years and years and years. So um, we we launched our first um, kind of pilot of the program, our first beta testers in April of last year. And we have since grown to almost 40 office or 40 clinics uh, wow. that we're with. Yes. And coming up on our two-year anniversary here. So it's been um, a, a something that people have needed. Um, it, it essentially, um, it's still a live person who's engaging with your, your patients, um, but we're two-dimensional versus three-dimensional in the clinic. Um, but we're doing all the things, you know, all the checking in, the collecting of co-pays, the behind the scenes work, the answering the phone calls, the following up on plans of cares and referrals and things of that nature. So it's one less thing for owners to have to worry about and manage. Um, we take that on so that you guys, you know, the owners can focus on what they need to focus on to improve their practice. Yes, absolutely. Well, so I know that you work with practices around the country. So I love for our listeners, because I'm sure many of our listeners are not only clinicians, but some may be business owners, right? 
So what would you say, like maybe the top three things that kind of come up time and time again yeah. for practice owners that you are, you know, helping to coach them uh, through? Yeah. So I, I'm going to take four. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, because I, as a clinician, I kind of approach an evaluation of a practice very much like I would approach the evaluation of a patient. Like you can take the clinician out of the PT office, but you can't yes. take, you know what I mean? Uh, whatever I that. thing goes. Um, because, so I, I very like systematically assess uh, the, a, a business that way. And my recommendation, whether you're a clinician, a clinical director, a, you know, an owner, I feel like you can kind of take the same approach with whatever office and whatever capacity you're working in. Mm -hmm. So um, we train very heavily at Meg on the four keys to private practice success. So those four keys are, and the kind of the four things I'm gonna to touch on today are environment, structure, personnel, and systems of operation. Yes. So environment, that's, that's a, a, you know, you think it's like a fairly simple one, um, but, I, I feel like sometimes it kind of gets pushed aside and, and overlooked. Mm -hmm. And I think what we have to keep in mind that is our patient's experience starts not only the minute they talk to someone on the phone, but when they walk through those doors, they're already, you know, kind of judging their experience. Yes. Um, so if we have, you know, paints that chipped on the wall or equipment that's not fully up to snuff, or, you know, if the tools that you're providing your clinicians or using as clinicians aren't kind of that cutting edge, you know, state of the art uh, equipment, yep. it becomes very difficult to, um, to get the results that you're looking to get from those patients. So um, I think the first recommendation I would say is to just kind of audit yourself um, or audit the practice that you're a part of. And you know, do a walkthrough. I, I actually shared with you, Lisa, and, and this is the, a link that you can share um, on the podcast notes. Okay. The notes. Um, it's actually an evaluation tool um, that it kind of is like a mini course within Meg Academy. Nice. So, so your listeners can kind of go through this and, and at least get you to start thinking about some of these things. Yeah. But if you can just start with like a self audit and just you know, walk through the doors as if you're a patient, kind of put yourself in the patient mindset and navigate through and take notes of the things that you might, you know, want to invest a little bit of time or money or effort into making better so that your patient's experience is better. Um, the other part is we deal with a lot of startups. So, you know, finding that right place and getting the right location um, and, and being able to do a market analysis. So you have kind of a a structured way to go about choosing your location um, that you can find in this little mini course as well. Just, you know, some tips and tricks to, to go through uh, a market analysis because, you know, location is, is key and accessibility is key. Um, well, I, I love that first point. And it's so funny because we just had a staff meeting and that's exactly what we talked. I talked about was creating an experience for the patient, right? whether it be having our diffusers going, having the right kind of music, you know, just how you set the scene. Um, we have a five-star model at Back to Normal. So it's just, you know, creating that five-level star service 
and thinking about how, I love how you're saying, go through your whole office and walk through not only how you set the standard, but how do you elevate that standard, right? Right, right. People have a lot of choices these days, yeah. yes. you know, and how they feel like that gut feeling when they first walk in, that's part of their decision-making process. So love yeah, that. I love that you're doing that. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, that was your first. Okay. So that's environment. One. Structure. This is so, so, so important. And I don't care if you are a single solo practitioner, you know, kind of just getting started or you have 10 offices. Structure is what is going to, you know, be there to help support the growth over the years, over time. Um, and the structure that we train on is a five division structure. So division one would be like your admin communications division, like your front desk will kind of live here, HR. Um, division two would be marketing, both internal and external. And a lot of that has kind of gone digital these days. Oh yeah. Uh, division three would be finance division. And that's like where you're bookkeeping and accounting. And um, if you do insurance space where your, your billers would live. Um, division four would be production division. And that's our, you know, the clinicians, um, the clinical director, the clinicians uh, would live in that division. And then finally, the CEO and executive division is, is division five. Uh, the important thing here, and this is kind of the take home message is when you kind of um, uh, build out these divisions, what's important to kind of keep in mind is the people that belong in that division, not only mapping out what all their duties are, which is important. You know, your front desk person, for example, yes, they're gonna answer phones. Yes, they're going to check people in, but that's not what you're paying them for. That's not what the exchange is. What you're paying them for is their product or, you know, like that, that what you're trying to get out of them. And that is to have all patients arriving on time as scheduled throughout the duration of care. So that's the message that I wanna get across here is, making sure whatever position it is on your team that they fully understand what their you know end re responsibility is what their main purpose for being there is and then you have to have a way to measure it so there's statistics that are associated with every position in your company and for the front desk it so happens to be the percent of kept appointments the percent of prescribed they're scheduled two times a week for four weeks that you know they're keeping they're adhering to that plan of care. And of course you wanna get paid for what you do. So over the counter money's collected, um, you're gonna be measuring them on. So going through and analyzing, you know, each position in your company and making sure um, that that person understands what their ultimate responsibility is and how they're gonna be measured for their performance. And it, again, if you're, you know, you're a clinician, <laughs> or front of, like make sure you understand what's expected of you and what your part on the team is. And that was so huge when you, you know, you kind of helped me. So I like created my org chart and yeah. we created scorecards and stat sheets yeah. and like, oh, and now we're going to create a dashboard. So, we're, you know, we're working together on all these things and it really, you know, because it starts with the person at the top, whether yeah. it's you're a physical therapist and you are leading your patients, or yeah. if it is an, a CEO, manager, right. clinical director, who's leading a team in an organization, right. it's kind of the same thing. You kind of have to have a roadmap and know where yeah. you're going and what results you're looking for. And I will tell you um, with some of the bigger 
clinics that we work with, the bigger practices that we work with, that's oftentimes the pain point they come to us is, you know, their, their, their complaint or their symptom, you know, I said, I kind of approach yeah. it like a patient. Um, so their symptom is I'm doing everything, you know, I'm running around with a chicken yes. off, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm social media. I'm, so you're trying to do everything. And if you build in this structure and you can start shedding off those responsibility responsibilities, I heard a podcast and I can't even give credit to who, who coined this term, but I, I'm going to look that up, but it's, you delegate, you tolerate and you iterate. So delegate those responsibilities. You can't do it all and right. tolerate because no one's going to do it as well as Lisa Chase, you know, at least not at first, you know, they're going to learn, but then you iterate and you make those changes, those incremental changes until you kind of get them hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, is important. And those clinical directors are super important for making sure the team is performing at a level that they should perform at. And you hit the nail on the head, Lisa. The stacker, I mean, you have you can't not track. You can't not track stats. You have to track stats <laughs> in yes. order to um be able, if you can't measure it, then you can't manage it. So true. And the other thing that I learned this from Darren Hardy is that you have to inspect what you expect. Yes. So yes. that's a big one. Yeah. And yes. that, and that, you know, and, and you get that when you set your structure, yes. and you set the expectations of what you need to have done yes. and what everybody's roles are and how they're measured on that. And then it's just a matter of, you know, picking up the ball and going. Yes. Yeah. Trust, but verify. That's what we say over here. But yeah, I like the Darren Hardy. Love it. All right. <laughs> What's your number? Number three. So, so number three is the personnel. Um, and that I, I want to take an, I mean, I can talk so much about personnel. There's a lot to, to talk about there, but I think the thing that is probably maybe most relatable to any audience is I think as clinicians, we get really focused on becoming good at our craft. You know, like we take all the courses and the continuing ed and I have all these different techniques and tools in our belt. But I think the thing that is so impactful that often gets overlooked are really working at refining the soft skills. So, you know, gaining agreement with your patients, being a good listener. So the things that are, you know, yeah, you're not going to go take a course per se on them, but I think are, are so impactful at getting the results from the patients that you're looking for. Yeah. If, you know, you're so great at your manual techniques and, you know, you know, you can get results, but you're a terrible communicator, yeah. that bridge is not going to connect you to getting the results that you know that you can get. So I think working on refining your skills, your communication skills, yes. and making sure you can get patients on board with what you know the plan that is going to help them, you know, where that's going to get them, then, um, you know, you're going to see better results from your patients. That is so incredibly true, you know, because, you know, patients are coming to us as the expert. So yes. you not only, and, and, and the therapist is an expert in their technical skill, but yeah. when it comes to being able to communicate, yeah. okay, basically what I'm finding and what, you know, I think your prognosis and your diagnosis are, here's the plan and being able to yeah. communicate that plan and lay it out, um, it, it's, it, it's, it's a whole nother skill. 
It is absolutely. And it's not only your therapist that, that has to be good at that, yes. but your front desk has to be yes. able to hold the line. And if someone calls to cancel, you know, they better have a really good reason why they can't make it in that day. Yes. And they better be able to reschedule that appointment for, you know, that given week so that they can adhere to that plan of care. Yes. So if you um, aren't, role-playing with your front desk, if you're not practicing that, you know, that skill of, you know, handling cancellation calls or have some sort of phone monitoring system where you're, you're spot checking that, um, I think you're missing out. And again, that's another symptom that people will come to us and say, oh, you know, I need help marketing because I just need more patients. Well, no, you don't need help marketing. You just got to keep the patients that you have on the schedule adhering to their plan of care because, one, it's going to get them better results. And two, you know, it's going to, it's going to help with the health of your, your practice. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Number four. Systems operation. You said this one, like all the staggers that like warms my heart. I know. I used to hate them and now I love them. <laughs> Lisa knows that I'm so passionate about these things. Um, but putting some standard operating procedures in place will just help with consistency visibility, kind of transparency into, again, the health, you know, monitoring the health of your practice, but systems can mean anything from, you know, your, your hiring system, having a process um, that is standardized that you follow time and time again. Um, one of the things that we speak really heavily on is making sure you have a um, structured onboarding process and, now the virtual front desk has oh, 44 employees now uh, under just that division. And we absolutely have to get this nailed down and, and buttoned up and tightened up because especially being virtual, you, you have to make sure that one, that you're educating them, two, that they can duplicate what you're training them on, and three, that they can practically apply what you're training them on. So any systems you create, especially for that onboarding um, process, you know, make sure those three components are in there. You know, role-playing is a big one that everybody hates, but it's so important and impactful for getting people to think on their toes and, and kind of force them to um, kind of uh, do like the game day uh, type of uh, act activity. Um, so practicing it will allow you to be good when you're actually doing it and handling yes. those. And so for our listeners, anybody who is a um, practice owner is probably like shuddering in like, oh, when am I going to have time to do that? So I have two comments about that because it is really important. So one yeah. is hiring a company like yours yeah. who already has these in place. They're all videotaped. You get an entire vault of yeah. all the systems of operations and all you have to do is tweak it for your practice so it is done for you number one number two there's never a good time so yeah. one of the things i learned from another business coach because i was kind of stressing about this even though i had all those processes but yeah. but there were things that weren't in there that were very specific to us right our yeah. core values, our attributes and our services and our cutting edge technologies and things like that. So, you know, he's like, well, videotape it. Well, then even that like made me overwhelmed, right? Thinking, oh, I got to do a video production. He sure. goes, the next time you train somebody, just do, just record it. Yeah. And I just did that like earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And now like the onboarding has been so much easier because it's not yeah. me having to do every single presentation. Yeah. 
I've already recorded. Is it perfect? No, but yeah. it is, it, 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 it gets the job done, you know? Yeah. And so, and yeah. it's something, it's something, it, it something you know, it, so I just you, say, yeah, you can't multiply yourself. You yeah. have to get smarter and more yes. efficient in, yes. in what you do, but yeah, it's, that's awesome. The, the video thing is a huge time saver. And now you do want to spot check because, yeah. you know, just because someone watches it and answers the quiz questions, that's great. That's education duplication, not application. That's the part where you will, will come in and live kind of engage with them yes. and make sure that it's retained here. Yes. Um, yes. It's ongoing practice, you know, just because you've onboarded a new hire and you're like, oh, okay, you know, you're good to go. You want to spot check, you know, yeah. periodically. And it's our job as as owners and leaders, clinical directors to, to spot check and help um, enhance our employees, both personally and professionally. So be invested in them, um, both personally and professionally. And I'll go a long way with retention because that's the other pain point that people come to us with is finding good clinicians. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I love those. Those are, and you know, definitely, you know, learned and fine tuned a lot of that, you know, um, with using the Meg process because I had been in practice for many years yes. and I didn't have my systems of operations and I didn't have my stat sheets. And, and after I learned all this, I was like, how was I even functioning before? <laughs> well, you're usually trying to like run around, keep it, you know, with the head cut off type of thing and you're doing it, but it takes so much energy that it limits your ability for growth. And I think that's 100%. a thing. You, it's not that you can't do it. You can. I mean, this, you're a strong person. You're a smart person. You yeah. can do it. It's just, why would you want to work that hard yeah. for not, as, not enough output? You know, you want to be efficient. So that you absolutely, can expand. Absolutely. It is. It really, and it really has catapulted, you know, yeah. and, and there's many things that I've done, but definitely that was one. I'm so proud of you. To, yeah. To catapult the practice and to build a team, you yeah. know, that can really kind of carry out the vision and the mission, right. Yes. Of what we're trying to do. And, and, you know, so, yeah. um, yeah. So I think those are, yeah. those are great. I love those. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Well, so let's move into then valuable tips on how clinicians can get great outcomes, right? And like we've already talked about, there mm. are lots of things that go in. It's not just about, you know, the treatment of the patient. There's a lot that goes into it. And I know that you'll have kind of a fresh perspective on yeah. that. So tell us about your three tips of how we can get great outcomes. Um, so again, I think going back to the communication piece, yes. um, and being able to, um, educate patients, I think sometimes, especially in an eval, you're everyone's stretched for time. You know, we've got this whole fee for service kind of model nowadays. They, you have to like try and cram as many patients as you can, just because we're on this crazy treadmill. I, I think. Um, sometimes we just check boxes and we just say, okay, I did the range of motion. I did the strength. I did this. I didn't you know. Check, 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 check. Instead of really engaging with the patient and getting them to understand what's going on within their body and what we can do to help, you know, address some of the underlying causes of their symptoms. So they're going to relate to us on, you know, 
symptom basis because that's what they know. I know it hurt, you know, I know it needs to be fixed. But I think if we can take the extra steps to help educate patients as to what's really going on and the why behind it, I think you find that the follow through of the plan of care, they're going to be, you know, your biggest advocate because they understand um, what they have to invest into it and why not just, oh, I have to show up to physical therapy because they scheduled me, you know, once a week for four weeks and show up and their ownership for what they have to do on their own, their home exercise program. um, They're going to be a little bit more invested yeah, no, that's so true. We, you know, we do a lot to educate our patients and, you know, to kind of look at the whole body and, you know, figure out all the pieces so they understand, you know, yeah. um, one, what they have access to within the clinic, but that, you know, sometimes you have to deal with stress and sleep in order to get out of pain, for example. Yeah. So I think explaining and educating is, um, yeah, is half the battle, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to give another like little tip that I like to do as, you know, a, I guess a PT business coach. I love to look outside of our industry <laughs> for feedback and solutions and education and, and filter that through, you know, what we do. Um, obviously for your listeners, it would be practicing as a clinician. For me, obviously it's my kind of coaching consulting um, but I think looking outside of the industry and, and taking bits of information. So, you know, I like, I love Simon Sinek and, you know, Mel Robbins and Darren Hardy and all these very intelligent people that yes, they're not part of our, you know, our PT world, sure. but a lot of the frameworks and ideas can be applied to what we do. So I think that's just another you know, piece of advice, I guess, is don't limit yourself to a box, you know, uh, of, you know, what's in our little PT world. We're such a, you know, small, uh, relatively uh, in this big healthcare world, um, but look outside of the PT industry to kind of get ideas or approaches or tools um, to help you do your job better. Yes, I think that is, that's so great. You know, you and I have talked about some of Darren's programs and last year I did the hero's journey and wow, like what a difference I could see that making this year with implementing like all the trainings on being a leader, whether it be in your community, in your office, you know, with your family, whatever it is, but how we communicate with our patients and how you get that agreement, all of those yeah. things. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's made a huge impact um, yeah. looking outside of just the PT. And that's what a lot of times we focus on. How do I get my skills better? You know, but right. the soft skills um, really are as important. Yeah. And then finally, I think just being honest with yourself and, and self-reflecting you know, the stats, um, if you track those uh, properly, it, I always like say you have the healing hand and you have the business hand. Yeah. So sometimes if you are a clinician, we get so focused on that healing hand that we forget that the doors have to stay open in order for us to do what we love doing. Um, so knowing how to take ownership of your part and, you know, one of the things that we look at is like clinic efficiency or, um, clinician efficiency 
And if, you know, those numbers are a bit down, what can you do to help more people? You know, because clinic efficiency would be, you know, how many open slots do, are filled versus how many are open. And I think as therapists, um, I learned early on that it's just as much our responsibility to get new patients in, to keep people on the schedule as it is the owner. I mean, yep. we, we take, we should take responsibility for that as well. And that means, you know, asking for referrals, asking for Google reviews, making sure you're getting the word out that, you know, we can, we can help more people. Yes. That so. Yeah, I think that that's so true. And, you know, um, it's, it's a different mindset, I think, you know, for many clinicians, but uh, yeah, when we're getting great outcomes, you know, that's a perfect opportunity, you know, to ask patients, you know, hey, do you know anybody that yes. you know, could benefit from our services? We'd love to help more people. Yes, absolutely. And I'm telling you, they think of it as a, like a compliment, I feel like, oh, yeah, me, I know anyone. Yeah, all right, great. Yeah. And then I'm inevitably, they are like, oh, my Aunt Susie, you know, <laughs> like, she's yeah. got this back issue. <laughs> so, you know, it, it does stimulate kind of their wheels turnings and, yeah. and they wouldn't think of it otherwise. Yeah. Uh, we often would in our eval say, hey, when you start getting the results that I know we're going to get for you, um, I want you to keep that in mind because think of someone else that you might help because you kind of plant the seed early, you yeah. know, their care and in their journey. You're not asking them for a referral at that time, but it plants the seed so that later, you know, it's expected like, hey, you know, remember <laughs> you, you now you can ride your bike and you can do all these things. Who do you know? Who else can I help? Yeah. We always come from a position of help because that's who we are as clinicians. Like, you know, we go into this industry because we're helpers. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do is help as many people as we possibly can. Yes, that is so true. So, um, well, those were those were great. I, I love those. And um, so now let's think about like um, Meg's audience. Right. Yeah. And what um, I know that, you know, Meg has also a podcast. So. Be thinking about, you know, what what do you what does your audience particularly appreciate about you and your messaging, Brian's messaging? And are there a few tips that yeah. you can share based on on that? Yeah, I, you know, I think we were actually talking about this earlier before we hit record, but I think what makes us more unique is that we're not like a off the shelf, okay, just do all these things and you're on your own. What we're trying to do is really create a network. Um, I think I mentioned we have over 200 owners all over the country and you know now a virtual front desk, it's, it's even growing and we also do physical therapy billing and credentialing as well. So our services have expanded, um, but one of my favorite things about Meg Academy is we've created, um, it's now a Slack community, uh, but basically, you know, we try and network PTs helping PTs, you know, that's one of Brian's tenants is like, we want to help each other. And in that Slack community, you can ask questions. The coaches are always available, of course, to, to help answer any questions. But what I love most is that other owners help other owners. And, oh, you know what, I've seen that and this is what's worked for us or different ideas or, 
you know, geographical locations have specific, you know, information that might be relevant to someone in their geographical location. So because we've, we're from Hawaii to New York and Florida, you know, and everything in between, yeah. um, we, we've created this network of like-minded individuals that, you know, are really passionate about helping patients, but also helping each other. You know, I think our profession is a little bit, um, you know, in, in trouble uh, in some ways. Um, so we really have to kind of band together and help each other so that we can survive. And you know, it's a great profession that helps a lot of people. And we want to keep doing that. Well, and I, I think that, you know, I have been not only involved in MAG, but in other um, coaching and mastermind programs. Yeah. And I can tell you, everybody has the same problems. <laughs> so having a network of like-minded people, yes. whether you're looking at clinician and that kind of approach or business and that kind of growth, yeah. the problems are all the same and yeah. somebody else has figured it out. So tapping yeah. into a great network of people, Absolutely. I think is, you know, um, is huge because it just saves yeah. you time and lots of money, <laughs> because, yeah. you know, somebody, instead of you wasting a year trying to figure it out, you can tap yeah. somebody like, Hey, this is what I did. And this, you know, get some ideas. Exactly. Yeah. And we do a lot of like, um, like this free content, you know, we have blogs, yeah. we have the podcast, we have zoom casts that we, we do, um, where we try and bring in guest panelists. Like we just did one yesterday and um, there's a, a guy who from Tapped Health who um, talking about AI and integrating AI into oh, our really? profession. So it's like kind of cool, like stuff that we try and uh, bring in uh, if it, you know, someone that we meet that kind of has something new and innovative. Um, but I think that staying at the forefront of, you know, where we are as a profession and and start, you know, don't focus solely on the problems, really focus on the solutions and how we can be empowered and get ahead of it. Um, we always like to, as, a, as the Brianism, remain at cause versus being the effect uh, yeah. of things. So um, we really kind of lead with that mindset, um, you know, and pretty much everything that we do. Yeah. It's worked so far. So yeah. that's good. <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, excellent. Well, is there anything else of value? I know you're going to give that one yeah. that you talked about, but anything else that yep. you'd like to give our listeners that we can kind of put in sure. the notes that they can tap into? Yep. You, if you have any, well, where's my, where am I pointing to? So megbusiness.com, <laughs> if there's anything that you, you know, want to check out on us, um, you can reach out to me at Nicole at megbusiness.com. If you have any specific questions, one of the other things that we do are what's called practice assessments. So essentially we'll do our evaluation, my, my PT, uh, you know, evaluation of your practice, yeah. um, where we talk specifically about, you know, what your uh, challenges are that you're facing and, you know, we'll want to know some of the uh, stats um, so that we can kind of get a, um, an idea or a diagnosis of what's going on in your practice. And if there's something that we can connect you with one of our services to, to help out with that. Um, so, you know, you, that's free. It's uh, essentially, I'll, I'll, just, I'll give you the link to that as well. Um, but you just, you know, pick an hour time slot and we'll meet and chat specifically about what's going on with your practice. And, you know, it could just be, you know, 
uh, hey, <laughs> bounce some ideas and go on your merry way. Or um, again, we would connect you with whatever solution we think is appropriate. Excellent. So great. So you'll send me um, the link to the website, which is megbusiness.com. Yep. Correct. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then any links so uh, people can have uh, access to that. Okay. Well, this has just been wonderful. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I love it. I told her, I'm like, I'm more nervous for this than our normal like Zoom <laughs> stuff. You did great. You did awesome. Uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So until next time, keep getting great outcomes. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rehab Link's Secrets to Success. If you haven't already, please share this out so that more people can get access to Rehab Link's Secrets to Success. Now, if you would like to work with us and connect with my team, please go to www.rehablinksystems.com where you can find our free tools, online trainings, and many resources to help you get great clinical outcomes. We look forward to serving you. Until next time.